As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. We're so thankful that you've decided to join us for this discussion which is going to be a fantastic one. I'm in the studio today with Lisa Thal, General Sales Manager of Hubbard Cincinnati, which is made up of four radio stations, and 2060 Digital, as well as author of Three Word Meetings and host of the Three Word Podcast. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me as a guest. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So one of the things that I have been inspired by with your work is creating clarity and simplicity in leadership. And I know that we've talked a little bit about this, so I want to unpack this for our audience today about how you arrive to the three-word concept and the impact that you believe it has made on those around you as well as within your leadership. Yeah, that's great. And I'd love to share a story if you're open to this. As many of us that are leaders that are part of this podcast and watching this is, you went up the ranks maybe through sales. So I was in sales for many years in the media industry, and then I was put into a leadership role. But there was something they never taught you, how to do a great sales meeting. So leaders were taught how to sell because if you're good at selling, of course, you were good at managing, right? So you went up the chain. And then I remember, thank goodness, 30 some odd years ago in my first meeting, they didn't have Facebook and social media because I would have lost everybody back then. So what I came to understand is that in the, all the sales meetings I've sat in, and most of the people watching this would say, maybe it's statistic, 50% of people think sales meetings are a waste of time. And here's why that is, because they don't get something from it. You cost salespeople money, you cost productivity of your team, if you don't have a clear message that means something. So I could think back and being in marketing and sales, as you shared, which is the career I'm in, I'm integrating marketing. Everybody has a message to market. And so whether it's productivity or education or inspiration, there's a message we're trying to market. So I thought back on leaders that inspired me that I went, oh my God, I love that sales meeting or I got something from it. So as I matured in my management career, I tried to apply some of those principles. So I can remember trying showing videos and meetings to share an idea, having conversation. Well, one Sunday, and I'm going to get to the question that Jay asked me, so I get excited about this. One Sunday, I'm a big golfer. And this was about five years ago, sitting on the couch watching Tiger Woods play golf. And up came a commercial for Nike. And I think most of the people that are participating in this call saw those three words, just do it. And I sat there and I went, the simplicity of just do it motivated a nation to take up golf, motivated people to lace up their shoes, start walking, start running. And I thought from a marketing perspective, maybe that's what I should do in my sales meeting. So I couldn't wait for my next meeting. I went into the meeting. I wrote on the board three words, just do it. And then, you know, we have other business needs. So I jumped into the business needs probably faster than anything I did before in past meetings, came back and said, hey, these three words I want to talk about. 
just do it. What's it mean to you? Then the conversation around the boardroom table, all the sellers go, well, just do it. It's it's the Nike. It's Nike. It's, it's the best marketing campaign ever. And I go, yeah, but what else does it mean? Somebody said, just do it means I've got to just pick the phone up and call that client I haven't been calling. Somebody said, I just need to put a proposal together. Somebody said, I just need to find out, just do it, find out why somebody said no to my program. Well, this energy, this conversation that was happening, I knew at that moment I had something. So we left the meeting, people were walking taller, they were energized, and it was their one chance that I thought to impact your team is during a meeting. So I thought, I have something. They were finally excited about a sales meeting. So I thought, okay, I think I have something here. That was the beginning of the three-word meetings. Now, fast forward, every single meeting since those four years have been three-word meetings. Sometimes they don't have to be three. People watching and listening, it could be four words or two words. But the simplicity of getting your team focused on three words of what you think your team needs, they loved it so much that if I decided to cancel a meeting, they're like, what's the three words, Lisa? We might not need all your other stuff, but we need to know what are your three words. So that's how it began simply from watching golf on TV and applying a principle that still today is Nike's greatest marketing campaign, which is just do it. And we needed to just do something when it came to sales. So it just is amazing. That's incredible. Lisa, and I love the commentary and that story shows how those three words create action. Yes. Right. So as you mentioned, that people put on their running shoes and they got on the field and they became more active with that branding. But by using it in your meetings, it created action as well. Do you always try to ensure that the three words are very actionable? Or what is your what goes in your mind as you try to help others implement this strategy? Yeah, and that's a great question, Mike, because I think everybody that leads a team struggles with this when it comes to a meeting. They want to have a meeting that impacts those they lead. They have talent sitting at this table. They want to make sure it was worth their time and that they're giving them something. So what I walk through is where is my team and what do they need? So do they need inspiration? Do they need motivation? Do they need education? So sometimes these meetings may be product or service education pieces that you're turning into a three-word subject and you're able to guide them through it. And so it really depends what your team needs in that week. And I structure my weekly meetings based off of the needs of the team and the direction as a leader that you need to take. So I'll give you an example. Most sales organizations might struggle in sales sometime and you've got to find a way. So I used find a way as a topic. And we talked about where we were with our sales, where we needed to go, and what could we do to find a way to get there together. So there was brainstorming, conversation, different ideation. And from that meeting, we walked with tangible things we could do to find a way to shorten the gap of revenue shortfall. Then the next three words weeks later were found a way. Look at what you've done. We looked for a way and we found a way. So there's certain words that could actually mirror depending on what that was. But I usually look at what does the team need that you believe could drive action? And usually it does drive action. So to answer your question, you want them to do something with those words. 
whether it's to help grow their business, nurture their business, get them to take action. It's always about taking action because without action, you make no progress. So it is always about action. You trying to get your team to do something. And so you kick off the meeting with, here are the three words. Yes. Based on your knowledge of what's going on culturally and from an interaction standpoint, motivation standpoint, trying to pinpoint the topic that is most important for us to cover right now as a team. Yes, that's exactly right. And then- And I do do it at the beginning, the structure of how I do it, Mike, this may be helpful is I, I share the three words. So for example, just do it. Then you do have business needs you have to cover. And it allows the people in the room to think about those three words for a minute. Because you have all sorts of people you lead, talented people around your table. Some are analytical, some are expressive, some are amiables. So you've got to give them a chance to get those words. You cover other business needs and you end your meeting with these three words. And why that's important is you want them to walk out that room with the most actionable thing you need them to do when they walk out that room, standing tall, feeling energized and taking action. So we'll come back and I'll say, let's talk about just do it. And what does that mean? And I have little words that feed the team in case there's what, think about it this way. So you have little things that you do as a leader that might lead them. Yes, that's a great idea. Here's something else. Wonderful idea. And so that's where the engagement comes in but you want to start and end the meeting with three or four or five words, whatever anybody needs to use at the time. That's great. And Lisa, can you share with our audience, because I mentioned earlier four radio stations, but these are four prominent radio stations in the community that you and I reside in. Yeah. Could you share those with our listeners? Yes. So the four radio stations are B105, a big dominant country station, Q102, Mix 94.9. And then we also have WYGY, which is another country station. And then our team, we also own a full service digital agency called 2060 Digital. It's located in Cincinnati, but we work internationally and across the country on helping brands build a digital footprint and conversions, et cetera. And Lisa, with your team during the last, let's say, 14, 15, 18 months, how has your leadership changed? if at all, during this time. What have you learned as a leader? What have you kind of battled through with your team to keep them focused on the goodness that you bring to your listeners? Yeah, great question. I think all of us, we look back and we look a year ago. Last March when COVID happened, especially in the advertising and marketing space. So many of our clients, we deal in so many different verticals being in sales and marketing. Many of our clients thrived because they had a digital footprint or they were in healthcare. They were in certain categories like appliances and home improvement that thrived during this period. But we also worked with clients like Riverbend and the zoo that were not open and Kings Island that were hurting in restaurants. So salespeople like to sell and make income. So the biggest thing myself and my other manager, Christine Mello, that we managed a team of 20 had to do was manage people's emotions. When this was happening, we were drinking out of a fire hose. I mean, we, I mean, we've been in this business in Cincinnati 35 years. We've never experienced anything like what we all went through last year in the advertising world. So our number thing was stay close to your people. 
they are going through ebbs and flows of cancellations and people are adding digital, but there were orders canceling as fast as some were coming in and they were losing income. So our, our number one thing was our people. How do we be there for our people? So we touch base because at, like most companies, you, you ended up working remotely. So how do you keep connected remotely on a Zoom call, on a phone call? So I called a lot of people to check in. How are you? What can I do to support you? How are you feeling? Our sales meetings changed because we went from an in-person to a Zoom, Zoom setting. Early on, we weren't used to doing Zoom calls with 20 people on a Zoom call. But what we learned was we could still connect. People could still participate. You could see people. You had little Zoom happy hours. And everybody looked forward to Zoom happy hours. The first Zoom happy hour, everybody's like, oh my God, I'm so glad to see everybody. Yeah. Now people are like, probably like, I'm Zoomed out. But we're back at work. Not a lot of people are. So, But we're still doing Zoom call, Zoom sales meetings because of the CDC and we all can't be in the same room yet. So what we learned was empathy. We learned how to do sales meetings differently. So in this example, we're on a Zoom call. The same theory applies. We put up three words. We say we'll be back to those three words. We cover business needs through a shared drive and presentation. And then we open it up and we see everybody on the screen and we discuss the three words. And why this actually became a better footprint is people could put what it meant to them in the chat box. So somebody that maybe was a little nervous and didn't want to say out loud, here's comments in the chat box. We did breakout rooms where we could group people together and they could brainstorm on a topic and then the four groups would come back in and collaborate. So we learned to do sales meetings. We shifted how we did sales meetings. But the, the main thing was it was a conversation. I know you guys stand for that. Your company stands for that. It's not about a presentation. It's about the conversation. People want conversations. They don't want presentations. A lot of these people know more than I know at times. We want to collaborate. We want to talk about what's going on. What can we do? What are the possibilities? So that probably was the biggest sea change for all of us was, I would say, managing our talents, emotions, and letting them know it's going to be all right. We are here for you. And we're here for our customers. That was probably the biggest shift. Yeah, one of the things that you just shared is that there's so many leaders have experienced the engagement has looked different virtually. Yeah. Right? It hasn't been bad. It has looked different. And in some cases, we've had guests on the podcast that have shared, Mike, I've heard more from certain people in our organization than I ever have before. Because there's some disarming that takes place via video that people are a little bit more transparent and willing to speak up. Yeah. And what you just shared really gets at that, that you didn't change your strategy, but you got even more intentional. Yeah, yeah. The format of delivery, instead of being in person and seeing people's emotions, they had a different way to communicate how they felt about it. So again, polls, chats still opening the mics and there were still conversations. So we just felt that in the sales meetings, it's your one chance I always felt that you get your team together. People are busy, they're running their own business, they're dealing with you know balanced life and everything, but that's your one chance for everybody to come together and be together like a sports team. We're just in a version of a sports team. We're just called Team Hubbard. I mean, you know, so there's team talent at your place. We're Team Hubbard. 
So people like to connect. They want, I think the other thing that I've discovered is what people want more than anything, they want to know that they contribute. Are they contributing to something bigger than themselves? Yes, they want to make money. But being a part of a team and knowing they're contributing, that's so much more meaningful. And that's what I found and all the people I've coached over my 34 years in the business. They want to know they matter. They want to know they're contributing. And I'm sure you've got tons of research to support that on your end. 100%. Yeah. And I think it is extremely important. And I love the way that you have approached this. I mean, this is paramount, right? Without humans, no business strategy ever got accomplished. Right. And in their contribution, everyone has their own, you know, we want to align to corporate values, but everyone has their own burning desires inside of them. Yeah of what motivates them to do what they do and why they're doing it with you, right? When you hire the best talent and you hire any talent that you bring into your organization, it's how do you help them accomplish their best so they can help you accomplish your, your best. And, you know, we like to say, Lisa, that it's a, you know, if anything that we've learned is that more and more people believe that leadership is a one-to-one sport. Yeah. Right. And the more that we personalize the engagement, and we've had to, we've had to listen. We've had to listen intently to our customers. And we all know that every customer is uniquely different. Yes. So are our employees. Yeah, that's for sure. And you want that. That's right. I always felt, you know, some people would say, well, don't you want a team of the same people? No, I want diversity. I want different ages, different ethnicity. I want people to think differently. I like analyticals and I like expressives. I like amiables because with that, they bring different ideations and it makes your company that much stronger. It does come down to the talent, I would say, no doubt. And being able to listen as leaders, and I've learned this over the years, is stay curious, ask them questions. You know, one of the things that I've learned over my career was I wanted to fix something really quick for people because let's go, let's go. If I can show them what I've accomplished and fix it for them, they'll get there faster. But what I've learned is listen, ask questions, see where they are, and let them know you're a resource, but don't fix everything for them. You've got to allow them, you've got to ask the right questions so they discover it. You empower your team. And I'm not the only one sitting in the corner office going, I've got all the answers. Uh, Come in. Uh, It's Lisa Thal's three-word fix it. No, it's I'm here to help you. I want to stay curious, but I want to stay silent. So I can make sure I'm not quick to answer and solve their problems. So they're learning through it. That's something I had to learn too, of course, over the years. But any particular approach that you've taken that's helped you remind yourself of that is you've continued to grow as a leader into the executive role that you're in today. Was there a pivotal time where that really stood out or a mentor that coached you to prepare you for that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I would say from self-education, from listening to various thought leaders, picking up and thinking, yeah, maybe I need to just count to five or 10, give that person. And here's where it really hit home for me. I was in a coaching session one-on-one with one of my sales reps. And I'm, you know, you have to mirror who you're with. I'm pretty high energy, problem solver, very creative thinker. Well, I was sitting across from somebody that was an analytic. They were more analytical. And so what I've become to understand about analytical is you've got to give them a minute to process what you said. And so when I was looking at the talent sitting across from me, 
I could see by their body language, they were absorbing what I was saying. They were engaged, but I was thinking, are you not getting this or you're not getting it fast enough? Well, then I sat back and I went, oh, it was an aha moment for me. And I went, oh, I've been missing this. I'm moving so fast and I'm wanting him to get there really fast that I missed the most important thing is to allow this person sitting across from me who's an analytic that needed to understand it before they spoke because they need to understand how it works, what the data is saying, what I was saying, make sense of it, to be able to ask a question, a follow-up question. So that was a biggest aha for me to understand the type of personality that's sitting across from me and how do they best learn. If they're expressive and they're a driver, we can get there real fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. But, but, but. but if you're in front of an analytic, you've got to slow down and allow them to understand and ask questions. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or there is everything clear? Is And the other big question that I learned as a leader, I hated this when somebody asked me this as a manager. You'd be new on the job and a manager would say this. Well, is there anything else I could help you with? And you were new and you're thinking to yourself, are you freaking kidding me right now? I don't even know what I'm doing. And so I swore to myself, if I ever became a manager, I would never ask this question. Is there anything else I could help you with? When I knew they just began and they didn't even know where the restroom was or where the water fountain was, I thought, let's give them some time to understand. So that was something I learned. Of course, you, as a leader, you've seen this as yourself, who you were even a year ago is different. Who I was 30 years ago and or 30 years ago, my first management role is completely different right now because of the culture we're in. You know, 30 some odd years ago, Mike, we didn't have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We didn't have social media. We didn't have Google. It was old school. Walk in a business, send a letter, pick up the old telephone. You know, I remember early days, I had a bank phone I'm carrying around. I used to go to pay phones. My sales team doesn't even know what a payphone is. Yeah, when your pager went off. <laughs> yeah, pager went off. Beep, beep. They had you on alert. You better find the nearest payphone to return a call to a customer. But today, our people are inundated. We are with get it done, get it done, get it done fast. And I think if we go too fast, we miss effectiveness. We miss, you know, sure we can be efficient, but are we burying our people with so much that they can't do what we hired them to do? which was see the customers, solve problems, have conversations, provide solutions. That's what we have to do as leaders. We have to continue to grow and look for better ways. And then coach, I like to say coach, but teach. You know, we coach and teach. We're teachers. We have to coach the talent we have. We're not managers. I used to say, no, we manage tasks and data. We're managing spreadsheets. We're managing inventory. We're managing... P&Ls, but we're coaching and developing talent. That is our job. If we can look and go, our team got better a month ago, a year from now, six months from now, you've done your job, as long as they're open to it. It's just my experience. And I know many people listening have experienced the same thing. They went, oh, wish I would have known that 10 years ago. But now you know. So now you know you got to do it. That's right. I think it's a great exercise to think about where we all were in our leadership skills, our view of the world, our view of business that you're in or the business that you thought you would be leading and how you would lead it. Just think about the differences. I mean, I, I can see profound differences 
in the way I thought about business and the way I thought about in my case, I've been with the same company for the last 21 years. And then we launched Talent Magnet four and a half years ago. And six years ago, almost seven years ago, I took over our family business as president. And my, oh my, what I thought I knew before I was in that job was so different than what it was like to be in that seat, right? Yeah, yeah. And so many different learnings. And each employee, each individual that has been on my team or whether current or past, I've learned so much from every single person. I think it's important as leaders for us to do that. Yeah. You don't have to agree with everything because that's part of being inclusive. Yeah. You know, we want to hear different perspectives, but are you learning? You know, we believe that leadership is a journey and it's a constant spiral effect. You don't, there's not a beginning and an end. That's exactly right. Not a destination. We're constantly growing and evolving as leaders. And hence why we've instructed Lisa, our programming, that it's not event driven It's we want to walk with you annually and bring all of your experiences and learnings that you have that are event-driven to the platform to build community. The day that we're recording this, we led a session with our members on values, mission, and vision, and how do you ensure that you are living those out each and every day, and how were you challenged this past year, and what are you doing today that's crystallizing? How are you living out your values, mission, and vision in your everyday behaviors and organizational decisions, in your hiring best practices, in your team meetings? And we had that session today and wow, learned so much from so many of our members that participated in that. Yeah. And now our members are going to hear this and talk about the clarity. And I'm going to ask you in a second around the formula Yeah. Three word meeting. But hopefully, again, they're going to now learn and do something different this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're listening to this episode that you didn't think of prior to this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what gets us excited. Yeah. And I love your three words. You just use three words. (laughs) Yeah. Value, mission. I mean, three words seem to simplify. Most people can remember three words. If you gave them five or six words like values, mission, you'd be like, ah, yeah. but re-simplify it. I love it. I love it. So can you share with us a formula? Yes. And I also, in the show notes, we're going to provide a link to three-word meetings and encourage everyone to go out and jump on grabbing a copy. But could you share with us a formula that you've designed that you believe will help our leaders lead more effectively today? Yes. So it's a... So it's an easy three-step, um, imagine that. It's a three-step process, right? You got a three-word queen, so you got to have three steps. So the first thing you want to do is it's the needs. You want to ask, what does your team need today? So again, is it focused? Is it inspiration? Is it to feel more connected as a team? Is it training or products that you need or services? People learn differently. So again, What is it that your team needs? Identify that first. Okay, so you found out what you need. Okay, two, how will you communicate it? Again, everybody that is participating on this call, they have a message that they're trying to connect to the people in that room or on the call. So you got their need. How will you do it? You got to keep it simple. Like I said, mine's three words. Yours could be four or five. It could be two. It doesn't matter. 
But research proves if you keep it simple, like just do it or find a way or they'll retain it. So you're marketing a message. How will you market that message? Then finally, involvement. So you can create your own formula. What I have found successful in the meetings I've done and other businesses I've worked with in coaching is give them the three words first at the beginning of the meeting. Go to your business needs. You know what they need. Cover that. Come back to the three words. Put it on your Zoom call in a graphic. Write the words out. Share the words. Communicate the direction you want to take this thing. Then involve everybody. So involvement is key. Start with the conversation. What does these three words mean to you? What could these three words or four words mean to your business? What could these mean to your customer? What could this mean to your current client? So you just get them thinking about that. And again, if if your company is still working remotely, have them put words in the chat box, break up into groups, you know, split it up and you can do little mini breakout rooms, have them discuss those words. What could it mean? What do you need them to do? Where do you want to take it? Then have come back together, collaborate and, and share those words. If you don't want to do the mini breakout rooms, no problem. Have it in the chat, open the mics, let people have conversations, encourage them. Great idea. I love that. Who else has anything? But as a leader, you might want to have two or three ideas of what it could mean. Maybe there's a case study that is successful that you could share on the call in the meeting. But have a couple of sentences or examples because you may have to start the thinking of your team. But that's the formula. It's really that simple. Needs, communicate, what message are you trying to market to your team? Keep it simple and then get them involved. The more you get them involved, the more they will remember. And then you've got a common language with your team. So if you're in a future coaching session, hey, remember when we talked about just do it? You shared about something you wanted to do. You just needed to do something. Pick the phone up, set the meeting, put it on your schedule. Let's talk about that. So sometimes when you're in that group, you've got a common language. So you can reuse those three words in a future coaching session one-on-one. So it's a simple formula. I'd love to hear from everybody on the call that if they have three favorite words, I'd love to hear from you. Anybody on here, do you have three favorite words you use when you lead You know, if we connect through LinkedIn or you go to the three-word meetings website, I'd love to hear the three words that you feel are important to you today or that you've learned. That'd be something great as a follow-up I'd love to share with everybody. Wonderful, Lisa. Thank you for that. And I encourage everyone, reach out to Lisa on LinkedIn. We'll provide a link to your bio in the show notes as well. The one thing that comes to mind when I hear you articulate those three things is it doesn't just provide clarity for your team members, it provides clarity for us, the leaders delivering the message as well. Yes. Right. So it, it almost simplifies. It feels like, you know, hearing the message today, there's a simplification that happens. Yes. When you're focusing on one message and everything tying back to that message instead of constantly changing priorities. Yeah. How often do you shift the three words? Can they run for a short period of time, a week? Do they run for month? You know, what is your thought on theory on how often you should be changing the three words? That's a great question. You brought up two great points, Mike. Before I talk about the shifting of the words, here's what happens. So leaders, we've got multiple things going on. We've got leaders, people needing stuff from us as a leader. 
And we know meetings are important, but we wait till the last minute to put a meeting together. And we're like, ah, what am I going to talk about? So sometimes during the week, you may be noting things. God, we really probably need to do this. And you can structure the meeting around the needs communication. It helps you as a leader to simplify your sales meetings. So you hit it on the head. This process basically simplifies your meeting. It's simpler. You've got a form. Sometimes you can share an inspirational video that might anchor in that or a guest speaker. We do guest speakers too. So you might have a guest speaker come to your meeting and center it around those three words. So that's another little thing you could do. Have guest speakers. Sometimes they want to hear from us all the time. You have a surprise guest speaker and it comes across differently. But some companies, um, for our company, we do weekly meetings. So I change my three words every single week. Every single week for the last five years, I've changed up the three words. And you might go, how did you come up with that many? And when I wrote the book initially, in the book, the three-word meeting book, there's 52 weeks of three-word topics. And I did that for leaders like you and others because you're sitting alone trying to come up through me and you just needed something to get your mind going. So in the book, it's like three words. You could go, that connects. There's two pages that you can go to. It's like, how did she apply that? Here's some talking. I already done the work for you. So there's talking points. And then you could talk about what's it mean to you as a leader and what's it mean to your team. So I do it every week. Now, some organizations have biweekly meetings. Some organizations have monthly meetings. You are just happen to be in our organization. We do weekly meetings. So I change the words every, and even in presentations as we meet with clients on solutions for their digital or their marketing needs, we simplify it. Because again, we're in marketing. Everybody's in sales and everybody's in marketing. We're trying to market our company. We're trying to market the message. We're trying to market our differences. Why buy this Chevy dealer than that Chevy dealer when you sell the same Chevys? Well, what is your story? And what I know is people love stories. Again, tell a story. People want to hear a story. They want to hear a conversation. They don't want to hear a presentation. And you got to simplify it. It can't be 30, 40, 50 pages because this is the world we live in. You started your company 20 years ago with your dad. And it was very different. And there was probably, like me, formal presentations. And Xerox was making a ton of money off of our companies because we're printing everything, right? Well, so goes that to now no paper. And you better get to the freaking point because my attention span just zipped out. So it's just evolved. It's going to continue to go in this direction because we're the Instagratification generation. We need things instantly. We need our food fast. We need our data fast. We need results fast. So you got to make sure you're keeping it simple. So that's great. And everything that you referenced, every time I hear the word customer, you input the word team and team member in there. It's so we do this so much easier externally. Yeah. We do internally, right? And you're talking about crystal clear priorities to engage your internal. Yeah. So that they serve your external. So yes. thank you so much for your time. Thank you for this value-packed episode and conversation. I do encourage everyone, again, to reach out to Lisa and share your three words. If you don't mind CCing me, that would be awesome because maybe we have a follow-up episode. Love it. I would love it. To dive deeper into these conversations or host a webinar or something. Lisa, thank you 
for saying yes to the invitation to join us here at the Talent Magnet Institute. Yeah, and I appreciate you having me on and I would love to connect with everybody watching and listening and to learn from you. So love what you're doing, Mike. I love the direction and vision your company has. And I'm just so grateful you included me on your uh, on your show today. So I appreciate you for that. Absolutely. It's been, been a pleasure and I can't wait for the next conversation. To everyone who joined us today, thank you. Thank you for leading boldly. Thank you for leading courageously. And remember what we say here at the Talent Magnet Institute, that leadership is a journey and you don't have to walk it alone. We look forward to seeing you in the community. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Zippel Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.